What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman. And on this return edition of Baseball Barbecast, we are talking about baseball pants. That's all anyone wants to talk about. But we also have some news. Cody Bellinger is returning to the Cubs. And we are also going to review our spring training travels. But most importantly, pants. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world, reporting two weeks late to spring training. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and we are back. Oh, we had an excused absence. Don't you worry. Our manager is not too upset with us. We are here, Jake Mintz. We are recording this on the evening of Sunday, February 25th. Normally, we will record this on Monday mornings, but we just could not wait. The baseball barbacast has returned. My dear friend, Jake Mintz, I have so much to talk to you about. I have not spoken a word to you since our last podcast. So we're going to try and keep this under an hour, but bear with us if it ends up going 10. People don't know that, but Jordan and I are only contractually allowed to communicate with one another in podcast format. Uh, which made his wedding a very difficult <laughs> endeavor. Jordan, the big news. Here we are. Yahoo Sports. The yeah. feed is the same. Fresh mm-hmm. new coat of paint on the logo. New yep. music. You're going to be able to watch the pod on YouTube so you can see Jordan roll his eyes at me. Mm-hmm. Everything you've ever dreamed of. Yeah, I imagine all the people that have asked for us to have the podcast available on video just wanted to understand what it looks like, you know, when Jake makes a joke that I either don't understand or am ashamed that he made on a podcast that my name is also on. Uh, But I am so excited to be back. Now, obviously, there is a lot that has happened since we last recorded. We did get some news, you know, at the very last minute here before we started recording with with Mr. Cody Bellinger returning to the Cubs. So, of course, we're going to talk about Cody Bellinger and the Cubs. Of course, we're going to talk about the pants. I know that's (laughs) that's truly why you're listening. If you're maybe even if you've never listened to us before, and you're like, oh, well, if there's going to be a baseball podcast that's launching during spring training 2024, I, I imagine they're going to talk about the pants. And don't you worry, <laughs> we will be talking about the pants. But to your point, Jake, I'm just so excited to be back. Obviously, there's a lot to get to. There is, We are not going to get to everything. We, we, we're we trying to be fairly organized in this episode. There are some transactions that are going to end up you know, pushed aside or at least pushed back to later this week. But here's the great news. Not, we're not just back for just today. We're, we'll be back on Wednesday and Friday. And Monday and Wednesday and Friday after that and after that and after that. And it's great. I'm excited. But let's cut right to the chase, Jordan. Are you wearing pants? I am wearing pants. I am wearing pants. And now, fortunately, when we podcast, uh, it's not an issue, right? Like, we could be wearing pants. We could not be wearing pants. I am wearing pants. But the problem, the, the, the thing is, yes, we are on video now. But we're, you know, we're torso up, right? That is not the case for Major League Baseball players. Correct. Because their job is to play baseball on TV. Their job is to have photos taken of them uh, thousands of times a day, um, if not more. And that is uh, where we are going to begin. Because Jake... Uh, the baseball yeah. players are not happy with their new baseball pants. Is that what I understand? That is correct. What was the exact quote from uh, Tony Clark, the uh, head of the Major League ba- Baseball Players Association? The universal concern is the pants. 
The pants, the pants singular. I love that. Right. That the was pant. a great. You don't often get to see pant referred to in the singular form. Um, but this this kind of fired me up, especially to see, you know, such an unofficial. We've already had multiple. I guess I wouldn't refer to them as press releases, but to have this many official oh. statements about the pants is so goofy. But we should probably explain because I guess there's a chance that some people who are tuning in have not been locked in on, on Pantsgate so much. So why don't you you explain why we are talking about this as our first as our first topic back uh, on Baseball Barbacast. <laughs> Sorry, Cody Bellinger. There are pants to talk about. Okay, so Nike makes the uniforms. Uh, well, they're Nike uniforms. Fanatics, I believe, manufactures the uniforms with Nike's thumbs up. This year, we have been gifted as a baseball universe new uniforms. Now, generally, that would be cause for excitement. However, these new uniforms, though billed as the latest and greatest in Schwitz technology, Schwitz wicking technology, are janky as could be. Yeah. They are thinner. They have ironed on patches, not the sewn on patches that we've had in previous years. And most notably, the pants neither fit correctly uh, nor succeed in, um, <laughs> how do I put this kindly? Making sure that players' legs and undergarments do not shine through. Now, MLB has been adamant that the fabric of the pants is the same. I don't believe that because it doesn't look the same. Yeah, I mean, let's go through the timeline of this too, right? So we we knew, I think we did know that there were going to be new manufacturers, but again, we didn't know what they would look like. Now, the first thing before we got to the pants, the pants is more of like a last you know week or so kind of conversation. It started it, up top and it it's started, been trickled down. Yes, it started up top because... Uh, something that you wouldn't even necessarily notice if you didn't have, you know, super close-up photography, uh, you know, photo day and everything with the extreme lighting, which which stuff that you wouldn't even necessarily notice. Like if you just went to a game and you were sitting in the second deck, you would. It's not like you're necessarily going to notice that the pants are slightly translucent. But what you probably will notice is that the lettering, specifically the names of the players, um, and even some of the jerseys on front just don't quite look as crisp. Uh, and they, they, in a lot of cases, the letters just look a lot smaller. Um, and so because of that, uh, they they just look a lot cheaper. They look they don't look as, um, and I'm meaning this entirely pun intended, they don't look quite as majestic. <laughs> hey! The, the previous uh, uh, you know, manufacturer of these majestic, of course, for, for a long time, but I think that that is the right word. And, and I think that before we get to the back to the jokes about see-through pants, I, I do want to talk about why this matters. And we're going to get into later in this episode about having both come back. We just spent a week, you know, in spring training. You were in Florida. Uh, I was in Arizona, you know, talking to a lot of players and coaches. And, you know, we had some conversations about the uniforms, too. And I had a conversation that, that I'll talk about here in a little bit. But I'm curious to the conversations that you had with players and coaches, because, again, it's important for us, like, we want to bring you that insight too, right? Like that is part of the gig here. Like we want to have a good time on baseball barbercast, but for the most part, we also want to, you know, bring some insight. And so we want to, you know, shed some light on these conversations. Why does this matter, right? Why does this matter? Now, now pants being see-through, there's some obvious reasons why that's a problem. But as far as yeah. how the jerseys look, why okay. is that important? Okay. Here are the three reasons it matters. One is obvious. You're not allowed to show your hog on television. Okay. Yeah. That's the biggest that's the least likely and the highest risk. So mm -hmm. that's the first reason this matters. Mm -hmm. Second thing is players being comfortable on the field physically. And that is uh, pants being fitted right. I believe that will improve over the course of spring. Teams are going to do pant fittings. They usually do it at photo day, like, and then they're ready a couple days later. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is at the beginning of camp, the pants don't fit properly. I think that will get better. The third issue is that it looks bad. It is quite literally a bad look. And it lowers the kind of grandioseness of the entire enterprise yes. and makes it less likely for a fan to want to purchase one of these things. Now, if we want to talk about baseball cr crossing over into pop culture and in the larger American consciousness, jerseys, baseball jerseys being around famous people is a part of that. Right. Obviously, this is not the most important thing, but it's like if we're going to have crappier jerseys, people are not going to want to buy and wear them. <laughs> Seeing these in person, I don't want to buy one. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It feels yeah, like I, a, it feels you know what it, it feels like a giveaway. Yeah. Yeah, it looks especially the lettering and and the fact that the stitching isn't quite as, you know, pristine and and special, right? I mean, you even see it the difference in a lot of cases between major and minor league jerseys, right? And so that is what I think what matters here. And I think what's so unique and the reason why this is the number one story is that it has managed to uniquely piss off both players and fans in a way that is kind of unique and, and for different reasons. But I think, again, that that word majestic, that word grandiose, like talking to coaches, being in the major leagues and having a uniform yeah. that feels like you're in the major leagues, you're at the top of your profession, the top of your sport, when it doesn't feel that way. That's unfortunate. And like, you know, there's something about that is special about that. Now, I don't blame people like even me at the beginning of this. I was rolling my eyes at a lot of this, uh, but I get it. And I do think it will have to be addressed uh, one way or another. So it is unfortunately the biggest story. We are going to move on from it now because <laughs> this, is, this is a baseball podcast. And ultimately, for all the jokes, we will probably continue to make about it during spring training. Uh, there are is some actual baseball news I want to talk about. It's simply the idea, right, that college baseball teams have nicer uniforms than <laughs> The major leaguers. That does not track. Shouldn't be the case. No. Should not be no. the case. One no. last thing I want to mention before we move on, and that is that the Kansas City Royals <laughs> are doing, they are doing some nonviolent resistance. They I, I rolled this. out today in their spring training game against the Angels and had the big boy letters back. Now, whether or not it was <laughs> the old unis or the new unis or whatever, unclear. But go look at the picture I tweeted of Cole Reagans is back. Those letters, they look enormous now. I know. And, and maybe that, that's I, because I've been conditioned to the new yeah. tiny lettering, but I was yes. like, whoa, that's way too big. That was exactly my thinking. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, have the letters always been that big? <laughs> Which is part of why, like, if this does stick, like, the reality is we will stop noticing very quickly. Listen, yes. it should be a problem. I understand why players are pissed. Fans are pissed. It's all fine. But um, <laughs> it's amazing how quickly we adjust to those things. So anyway, all of that is to say, hopefully this will not continue to be a story, but we did feel like we should address the discourse ASAP. We want thick pants. One team <laughs> whose pants just got a little thicker is the Chicago <laughs> Cubs because they have re-signed Cody Bellinger one of the last big four remaining free agents on the market alongside Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman. I guess you could throw J.D. Martinez in there too. All Scott Boris clients and Bellinger is the first one off the board. News breaking late on Saturday night. I woke up to this on Sunday morning. Three years, $80 million to the Chicago Cubs. Yes, and we we you know we got some opt outs after the the both of the you know first two years. So if Bellinger wants to re-enter the market again next year and try again, uh, he will have that opportunity. Now I will say, um, first of all, this was the one. This reunion was the one I think, uh, especially of the top guys. I think we we saw making the most sense. And yep. the reason for that was, you know, Cody Bellinger, after a couple of years in the wilderness, uh, some of which may be self-inflicted, some of which were certainly injury related. He, see, to say he rediscovered himself is, is, is inaccurate. He reinvented himself. And that is what made him such a fascinating free agent entering this year, uh, entering this winter, was because you were like, okay, he's a former MVP, but the player we just watched with the Cubs in 2023 was a really good player who looked nothing like the MVP version of Cody Ballinger. And so that clearly gave a lot of teams a lot of pause to commit, <laughs> you know, truly outlandish projections for someone who was a young free agent who did offer a lot of skills, but because of the volatility, it was like, why do you think I'm going to give this guy for 12 years? I don't know what he's going to be next year, let alone in 2050, whatever. So I think that's how we ended up back at a place where he was comfortable, that the team was comfortable, that, that they trusted that they could get the same kind of thing out of him this year. And we'll get to the team fit in a second, but Cody Bellinger going back to the Cubs, that headline is not surprising. You make a really good point. If Cody Bellinger had come out last season on the one-year deal with Cubs after the Dodgers non-tendered him, and he was a good version of the Cody Bellinger we had seen before, where he hit 37 home runs and struck out and whatever. I think he gets the deal he's looking for. But because he was a totally different thing in 2023 than we'd ever seen him be before, teams are still confused about what to do with him. I think I wrote this a couple months ago, like, Cody Bellinger always looks confused. And so it's funny that now teams are confused about Cody Bellinger. Really turn the tables there. 
All right. Um, so just let's just simplify. What are we talking about when we say he reinvented himself? Okay. So exit velocities down, hmm. in zone swing and miss down. So what that means is he's trading power in favor of contact, and that is an incredibly bizarre thing for someone like Bellinger to do, who at a young at the younger stages of his career was notable because he swinged out of his ass, right, and tried to hit bombs. And last year, he didn't do that. And he was a four and a half win player, more or less, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Now, love this for the Cubs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love this for the Cubs, okay? The risk here is relatively low with him. I think the odds of him being a good enough player to fulfill this contract over the next three seasons, at worst case, is pretty likely. They are going to get a locked in motivated Bellinger for all of 2024 because Bellinger is now playing for another chance to opt out or for a chance to opt out and go back to the market next year and get the deal that he's looking for. Mm -hmm. Similar to what like Carlos Rodon did with the Giants, right? Mm -hmm. Where he got big paid by the Yankees after that one-year deal in San Francisco. Absolutely love this move for the Cubs. I think it's a big win for them. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and again, like presumably they feel pretty confident in what he can continue to be, that he won't try and reinvent himself again because he's found something that works. It's not just, and, and by the way, you know, he's still at 26 home runs. He, he wasn't, you know, some of the batted ball data might make him look like a slap hitter, but, you know, we're still talking about a guy that slugged 525. He offers a lot defensively with the bizarro first base center field combination and to cut your strikeout rate by 10% and to crush left-handed pitching. That was another thing, the development that just made a, a huge difference in terms yep. of the overall offensive profile because you can absolutely give him 600 plate appearances again. You can play him every day and you don't have to worry about that at all. He was money with two strikes. Yep. That was a big part mm -hmm. of it. If you look at his numbers, his swing rates, mm -hmm. his batted ball stuff with two strikes, like it, think about how many times watching Cody Bellinger <laughs> with the Dodgers is like a two, two count or, you know, and he's just swinging out of his ass and it's yeah. like, just shorten up. And then yeah. he did. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. But, you know, he's more aggressive. You know, it's interesting. Like the strikeouts were never that crazy. You know, even in 2019, no. it was it was like 16 percent, which is which it was last year. But obviously, once he got out of whack, 2020, 2021, 2022, it was it was getting ugly. So I don't know. I think it's a reminder of how you know naturally gifted he was. I mean, you just think about yeah. what he was able to do through the minors. You know, this is someone who, of course, you know, son of a big leaguer. Sure. But still not, you know, he was a fourth round pick. He wasn't necessarily a first rounder, but he's in the minors. Like his, he's just so naturally gifted. And I think that extends, even though he does, you know, look uh, confused all the time, he clearly does know what he's doing. And I think most importantly now, as we kind of spin this for the Cubs, like it is an interesting fit. He is an obvious fit because he was great for them last year and they don't have a proven center fielder this year, but they do have PCA. Pete Kerr Armstrong, one of the top center field prospects in baseball. They still have Mike Talkman, who was sneaky, really good for them last year. And both of those guys were the reasons that Cody Bellinger was mostly playing first base in the second half of last season. And the reason why that's important is because they traded for Michael Bush in the offseason, another guy who they clearly believe in should be in the major league lineup right away. And they see him as a first baseman. That's how they've been talking about him. So again, this isn't these aren't problems. You know, you want more good players than bad players. But I'm super curious how how Craig Council, again, he's the manager of the Cubs now, by the way. Uh, I'm curious how he is going to literally manage this. Are we putting is PC? I mean, I, I it's going to be presumably much harder for PCA to make the team out of camp. But is, yeah. I guess Talkman's your fourth outfielder, and you just want to see you want to see Pete, you know, settle in a Triple A. He had some success there last year in a little bit of time, and you're kind of setting him up for 2025, uh, which is fine. That's fine. He's really young, and like it's if you don't want to hand it to him right now and you expect to compete, that makes plenty of sense. So I think. I know that they've committed to Bush at first, but I think mm -hmm. working him into third is something that they should look more into. <laughs> I know that people are skeptical about him defensively, yeah. but yeah. It, this is an interesting reminder that the positional fit with a guy like Matt Chapman makes more sense for the Cubs because I yeah. think their biggest hole on offense is third base. Now, yeah. top prospect Matt Shaw who was their mm -hmm. first rounder last year and was unbelievable in the minors. Like this guy is a dude, dude. And he's already in camp and that's, he's already yeah. been one of the talks of camp. Like he could be big league ready this year and he's actually a second baseman or shortstop, but second base shortstop are, are taken uh, Correct. In, in, in Chicago as we know. So I understand the hesitance to like give a third baseman that many years and that much money. Yeah. I, I think council is the perfect guy to make these pieces work. Someone will get injured, knock on yep. wood, but someone mm -hmm. always gets injured. 
and so it always works itself out. I do think PCA should start the year in AAA just so he can get reps. One more big point on mm-hmm. Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Jordan, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> Scott Boris L. Uh, yeah, I'm... Listen, we, if this is your first time listening to the show, we spent a lot of time talking about Scott Boris because even though I can understand being kind of exhausting and like, well, he's not the star, who cares? Is this an agent, whatever? I am eternally fascinated. Of course, he's been one of the biggest stories this, this winter and he will continue to be. We are going to talk about the rest of these free agents that are still out there later this week. Like, we're going to push that aside. So we're not going to speculate on that any further. I don't think this one specifically is as much of an L. Like, Scott's going to, he's going to talk up everybody at the beginning of every offseason. Of course, he's like, all right, he's back. He's back to MVP, whatever. This seems like a situation where he is, it was a place that clearly Bellinger wanted to go to. And clearly Bellinger was comfortable saying, hey, listen, I'm still a young free agent. Let's try it again next year. Yes, to take the pillow contract and still to end up with this does seem like kind of an L. To me, I'm looking much more at Snell as the barometer. If he can't get the the you know the defending Cy Young guy paid, that that's going to be more of a thing than than for Bellinger because I just think Bellinger, especially with how few suitors he had, it's fine. I mean, I I agree. I'm sure Boris is relatively. I'm, I'm excited to see how he spins it <laughs> because oh, he yeah. always finds a way to explain why this is actually the greatest contract of all time. So we will find out when Bellinger gets introduced this week. But I don't think it's that bad. I, I I'm more looking at the other three for now, at least. I don't think it's a win. Yeah, I I agree with that much. <laughs> okay, so if it's if it's not a win, it's either a loss or we're in the Premier League. Like I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yes. That's just how no, it works. I, I know. Like again, I'm not I'm not this is not making so I don't know. I'm 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 curious. I, I do think that like again, I, it's much more of a win for the Cubs. That much I totally agree with. Like they so, waited them out and, and they won. Correct. A very fun thing to do is for those of you listening, if you ever talk to a baseball agent, ask them to say bad things about Scott Boris, and they will, because other agents do not like him very much. And I texted some agents about this deal, Jordan, and just got some unbelievable... They're like, ha ha, you idiot. That's fine, but I'm just saying, like, it's possible in three weeks when Blake Snell signs a one-year deal, like, hell yeah, you know, you can right. soak in and make fun of him all you want, but I there's right. there's plenty of time left here, and and it's, there's some of the deals he's already sure. got this offseason. I've been impressed, and it's still thirty million dollars. Like I <laughs> I understand that. I'm well aware. Yeah. However, one person sent me the quote mm-hmm. that Boris gave about Bellinger at the winter meetings, mm-hmm. which I was front center. Yeah, you were right, right? like I could was breathing the same microbes as Mr. Boris, and he said, "quote." Chicago got the comforts of a full belly and will have to loosen their belts to keep him. Uh, and and Jed was like, not as much as you think. And uh, I will say before we uh, take a quick break here, you know, Jed Hoyer was all the Cubs fans were, were waiting. Like, what are we going to do? We got to make a big, okay, Imanaga, that's nice. You know, we're making the mud bush trade. Okay. Like, what's the real thing? Jed Hoyer in January, January 12th, he said, we're in the fourth or fifth inning of our offseason. Now, people took that to mean like, oh, we got more stuff coming, which indeed they did. It was also January 12th. Now, are we done? Is the game over for the Cubs? What do you think? I think he was referring to where they were in the timeline of the actual (laughs) offseason. Like, it was January. I know. It's a good reminder. He the offseason doesn't end until the end of March. Right. So apparently not. Right. Apparently goes even further. That's what I'm saying. And so for him to say, people like, oh, there's more things coming. I would say that when he said that, the Marlins were in the fifth inning of their (laughs) offseason as well. You know? Uh yeah, no, that's that's true. That's true. Um, but anyway, uh, so Cubs fans uh, obviously very happy about this. And Bellinger, even if he's on the same team, I'm still absolutely fascinated what the hell he is going to look like uh, this season. But I know Cubs fans are excited about it, and uh, and they should be, because that's a good baseball player that is now going to continue to play for their favorite baseball team. All right, Jake, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to review what we saw with our own two eyes in spring training. We got around uh, Florida and Arizona. I believe we combined to see half the league, at least briefly. So we're going to review our spring training trips, get to some other news um, and see how much what else we'll be able to cram into this uh, return episode of Baseball Barbecast. And with the new thinner pants, we saw more than ever before. We'll be right back. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. 
New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast, Florida Jake Mintz and Arizona Jordan Schusterman. Grapefruits and cactuses. Underrated thing about that, both foods. I like cactus and you love grapefruit. Yeah, and yet uh, that is not how we decided our spring training assignments. As you became a Florida man for one week, as you have uh, each of the last few springs, and I know you're not super happy about that, but... We're not here to complain. We got a week at spring training before the games began, and we were driving all over the place. Uh, I did a day with uh, visiting three different camps. Again, it, the the nature of this job, and especially, you know, we wanted to go before games because that's when the access and the schedules are a little bit more predictable. But every team likes to do it differently. Some teams like to open up at 7. Some teams are like, yeah, sure, 9.30 is, is no big deal. Obviously, before the games, there's a little bit more flexibility, and it's up to the manager, and it's up to you know what what the veterans want to do so it is a little bit chaotic and obviously it's a lot of texting beat writers and being like hey like when stuff opening and then hoping that you can get there in time for you know otani live bp if you're driving from the other side of phoenix which i thankfully did but we wanted to review what we saw because uh, i think even stopping there for one day and just being around guys talking to the media talking to maybe a broadcaster you can get a lot. And obviously, you know, the players and coaches and whatnot, you can learn a lot from these early spring looks. And so we're not going to over, over, overreact too much, but we figured, you know, we're going to have a lot of these stories coming out in written form over the next few weeks, uh, and it'll inform some of our season preview stuff. But we figured since we just got home a few a few days ago, let's review what we saw. So, uh, Jake, you're going to go first. You're going to run through your, uh, your 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 schedule. I don't know. You don't have to go in order, but uh, I'm excited to hear what you what you saw because we, we checked in with each other, but I'm sure there's some things that, that we missed. I had so much grapefruit. Did you? I feel like you probably didn't have one, which is shameful because grapefruit is an elite fruit, S tier fruit, uh, grapefruit. If, if of course, it doesn't, you know, interact with any of your medications. I know that's an issue for some people, but I love grapefruit. So oh, anyway, so other centered uh, you, Jordan. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let me run through the list. Tell me let about me, the grapefruit, uh, your grapefruit league experience. I'll go in chronological order. Uh, obviously, I went to the Phillies first because I'm biased. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just kidding. I'm making fun of myself. I did go to the Phillies first. Outrageous amount of continuity in that room. That was the big theme there. They brought back 97% of their plate appearances <laughs> compared to last year. The only three players who took at-bats for them last year and are not still in the organization, I believe it is Josh Harrison, mm -hmm. Dalton Guthrie, mm -hmm. and a guy I can't remember. Third guy. <laughs> Maybe there one is a more. third guy. One more <laughs> okay. guy. There was definitely I'll, one more guy. I, I, but I'll it, figure it out for you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious amount of continuity. Uh, and then I happened to be there the day that Bryce Harper spoke, which oh. was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Two main takeaways from that. One, he's their first baseman. We've known this. This came out over the offseason with Reese Hoskins leaving town. It just made sense for Bryce to be the first baseman. He learned how to play it last year. Was pretty good at it. He just needs to stop diving to his right on <laughs> routine ground balls hit to the second baseman. Once he irons that up, he's going to be good over there. He made it clear that it, he kind of implied it wasn't his first choice, but the way Bryce is, he will do anything to help the Phillies win baseball games. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he's down to be the first baseman. Any yeah. thoughts on that? Well, I'm just excited to have like fully operational Bryce Harper batting on opening day, you know, yes. um, you know, let's, let's get through it healthy. I know he's had some issues, but that is that is very exciting because it's crazy. Like I just because I have the Philly stats up, right? Like he had a 900 OPS in the, in the regular. Right. It did not feel like it at all. No, um, so I know it was kind of a lopsided remember, season, but yeah. So he, he comes back from TJ really quickly. Yeah. And he's no like, power. wow, that's and he does zero power. It's like, yeah. oh, maybe you shouldn't come back that quick. <laughs> right. Maybe that's not good for you or really hard to do. And then I think in August, it was yeah. like he healed up and yeah. was fully operational and was just yeah. nails over yeah. the rest of the season. Really incredible. This brings us to the second thing. Mm -hmm. The most interesting point about Bryce Harper talking, and that is Bryce Harper wants an extension. 
Bryce Jordan. Harper, who is under contract uh, through 2031, would like an extension. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I understand it's a weird look for a guy who <laughs> has guaranteed employment for another seven years or whatever to ask for more guaranteed years. So let me try and explain it from his perspective, and then I'll do the Philly side. For Bryce. He wants to be a Philly forever. He had a quote last year that was like, I want to die in a Philly's uniform, (laughs) which I think you actually don't. I I don't think you do. Um, That sounds uncomfortable and odd, but you get the point. Uh, That's part of it. The other part is that I think he's the 30th highest paid player in baseball on an average annual value. I think he makes 25 million a year for the rest of his contract, something around there. There are a lot of players getting paid more than him who are, frankly, not better than Bryce Harper, okay? And so Bryce Harper wants to be paid what he is worth and is willing to bring this up in public in order for the Phillies, in order to put pressure on the Phillies, right? Now, he did acknowledge that Zach Wheeler, who's a free agent this year, Phillies ace, is a priority. He straight up said, we got to get wheels done first. And so he understands where he is in the context of the team. However, Phillies' perspective. They have no reason to give Bryce Harper an extension. When Bryce signed <laughs> no. with the Phillies, he did, he like went to Boris many times. It was like, I don't want an opt out. And Boris was like, Are you sure you don't want an opt out? Like, you might want an opt out so you could renegotiate. You're Bryce Harper. You're, you're Bryce Harper. Like, an <laughs> you're going to be good for a long time. And he was like, ah, I don't want that. Okay. And so now we've reached a point where he has seven more years, relatively underpaid in this the context of the sports economics, and he has very little leverage to get more money now. Now, he could make things uncomfortable enough with the Phillies that they give in, but in order to do that, it's going to have to get messy. And I don't think he wants it to get messy. And I am very curious to see how this plays out because I just think it's going to be year after year of Bryce kind of bringing up that he wants an extension until he gets it. How do you think this ends? I, I just, yeah, I don't know what what would compel the Phillies to change the contract, right? He's making about 27 and a half a year for the next five years, which again is underpaid, whatever. The only reason the Phillies would want to do this would almost be to like restructure it so that he's actually making way more at the end and like tacking on a few more years and then maybe lower the number for these next few years to maybe give them more flexibility with the Wheeler and whoever else they want to sign. That's the only reason or why they would want to restructure this right now. Because otherwise, they're in a great place. He is underpaid. He's under contract through 2031. If you're Dabrowski, you're obviously not thinking about 2031. Like, what difference does it make? So maybe they do it because maybe Bryce thinks that I can put enough pressure on here that we can make something happen. And again, this is clearly a Boris-related move, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of goofy. It's kind of goofy. Yeah. I don't think it will become anything particularly notable for at least another year. I would imagine, like, Boris is busy. He has like 25 more free agents to get signed. <laughs> He's not worried about a Bryce Harper extension. Yes. All right. Let me fly through the rest of these teams. Yeah. Drew Ellis. Drew Ellis is not on the Phillies anymore. Continue. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the Yankees. I saw the Yankees. Went there twice. Uh, Juan Soto and Aaron Judge hit back-to-back homers in live VP off a player whose name I can't remember. Poor guy. <laughs> That's kind of tough. <laughs> Just feed him to the wolves. Was it Chase best- Hampton? Soto hit a few. I know no. Soto already homered in his in his first game with the Yankees. But anyway. I know who yeah. Chase Hampton is. Come on. Yeah, I was going to say uh, somebody else. The best part about them going back-to-back is that neither ball looked gone off the bat. And so when mm. you watch the video of them homering, it does look like two flyouts because I did not pan to follow the ball. I guarantee you they both went out and I was just as shocked as you were because <laughs> they, they, it was, it was like, all right, Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, same team. Now, the last time we said that it was Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, same team, and that hasn't exactly gone to plan. I don't think that will be the case. I think Juan Soto is going to be amazing. I think Aaron Judge is going to be amazing. The Yankees as a whole, uh, let's wait and see. Orioles, Jackson Holiday Show, top prospect in baseball. All eyes on him. He's a star. Very interesting to watch him operate. He's 20 years old. He moves like he's been in a clubhouse for 30 years because he has. Because his dad (laughs) is Matt Holiday. Uh, Corbin Burns through live. That was cool. He's a hoss. Nasty. 
Kyle Bradish, I didn't get any additional info on his arm situation. He was the Orioles' best pitcher last year. He has a UCL strain. The expectation around baseball, put it like that, is that he's going to get Tommy John and that this is just kind of delaying the inevitable in order to do due diligence to see if you can pitch through it and to, in some ways, allow the Orioles to maintain leverage if they're talking about trades or signing guys. Because the second yeah. he gets TJ, they lose some leverage. I yeah, think it will I mean, happen eventually. I don't, to be clear, I don't have any inside information on this, but that is the understanding in the industry is that he's going to get TJ. Yeah, it's just how, again, that's nothing specific to Braddish. This is just like we've seen this exact story so many times and it, this is just where it leads, leads to. So obviously it is, it yeah. is a big deal for the Orioles because we know he's not going to be available on opening day at the very least. And so that is something that uh, we will keep an eye on. But just seeing Corbin Burns was as far as players in new uniforms goes, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Obviously for yeah. you as an Orioles fan, just to see it, but I that that one definitely stood out as far as uh, as, as new threads go. And one quick story from Orioles camp. Uh, those of you who like the pod probably saw the video of drunk Jake a couple <laughs> weeks ago in England <laughs> reacting to the Corbin Burns trade where I was not sober. And Jordan told me about the trade. So I'm in the Orioles clubhouse and I'm talking to Colton Kowser and he's like, hey man, that video you tweeted about the Burns trade, why was my name the first you brought up about players going back in the deal? And I was that, like, I was like, damn, sorry, dog. That man, that, <laughs> that man is holding you accountable and I respect the hell out of that. Colton Kowser. Is saying, why are you trying to get rid of me, bro? He's like, why are you trade me, bro? Why are you trade me, bro? Uh, I love that. That's so funny. That's that is what you deserve. Um, and I mean, and I guess sorry, I didn't have to put you know your drunk I self mean, on the internet, but um, it was it, a great. It, it was received well by everybody else. Everyone. I had a clear <laughs> state of mind. I, I I was like, look, dog, I wasn't thinking straight. Clearly, I apologize. Accurate. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, you should have said, like, I would never would have said your name if I was sober. <laughs> if I was sober, I definitely would have said Dylan Beavers first. <laughs> All right. Uh, other camps I went to. Tigers. Not mm. sure if they're good. The Detroit Tigers. They're definitely better. A lot of fun young pitching. Let's not get bogged down to the Tigers. Pirates. They should spend went, money. They should, they should uh, spend money. Region. Just saying. Go ahead. Pirates. Went to uh, Pirates camp. Saw Mitch Keller two days before he signed his massive extension. And Hell now yeah. that I think back on it, he looked pretty happy. <laughs> he might have known he was about to guarantee himself $77 million. More on that later. Or or he's just nice and always in a good mood. Uh, True. Speaking of guys always in a good mood, Twins camp. Mm. I was there for like an hour and I walked away uh, in love with Royce Lewis. I do believe Same. he has a significant other. However, <laughs> if we were picking one MLB player to do The Bachelor, mm. oh. it would be Royce Lewis. Oh, amazing pick. Yeah, that was my exact experience uh, when I saw the Twins for a couple of days during the regular season last year. Um, just a delightful person. So easy to root for. And oh just God. a reminder that like, if he can stay healthy, oh, we've said that about Twins superstars before. Uh, he could just be one of the best players in baseball. He was for like a six-week yes. stretch last year. So yep. they got a couple of those guys. And why Minnesota should still be feeling pretty good. Uh, in I had control. never spoken to him in my life. And he comes up to me and goes, I love your outfit. And I was like, oh my God. Thank you, Royce Lewis. I love, I love your outfit. I love Except your I don't because the pants are too thin. Uh, I went to Red Sox camp. When Rafi mm. Devers spoke, mm. and that was super interesting. When he, let's be kind, he crapped on the front office for not spending enough money, which was the most forthright he has been in a long time. Now, I think he's more frustrated because they have not upgraded the pitching yes. sufficiently. Yes. He believes that the Red Sox have the pieces in place to be competitive this year on the offensive side. And I actually do agree with that, mm -hmm. but the pitching's not good enough. And he wants, the front office to do something. I like that Devers is pissed. Yeah. And that's what he, I think specifically the quote was everybody knows what we need. Right. And I think that was the line where it was like, Oh, there's still, you know, some good starters out there that they probably should sign that they haven't done that yet. That's um, what I say when people come to my apartment <laughs> for dinner and I'm out of toilet paper. <laughs> everybody knows what it's not. It's not, a, it's not complicated. Okay. Uh, and you need toilet paper to win. You need pitching to win. All right. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, Rafi was all over it. 
Uh, he homered, I believe, yeah. in his first spring training game today. I love Rafi Devers. I'm and also it's a reminder. It's just like he's like I'm here, man. You extended me. I'm the guy now. I'm I'm that dude. So what are you going to get mad at me? Like I'm sticking around and I'm going to try and go hit 35 home runs and be one of the best hitters in baseball. You got to hold up your end of the bargain, which is get us some guys that can get some outs, please. But here's what's interesting about that dynamic. For a long time, the Red Sox have been trying to get Devers to come out of his shell mm-hmm. as a leader, as a face of the franchise, as someone who's willing to take charge. And he is finally starting to do that. However, he's doing it in a way where he's, telling the front office to get better pitching. If you don't want him to be the face and you don't want him to create the energy, then, you know, sorry, this is the situation you get. The Netflix stuff is very interesting. I want to press pause on that. I'm talking too much. It's going to be hilarious. We'll talk about it in a later episode. Last but not least, I went to Braves camp, Jordan. Oh, wow. They let you in? Unbelievable. Let me in. They let me in. Uh, I could say a lot about my experience at Braves camp. I will not get into the weeds on it. It was a positive experience to go back in there after everything that happened with them. With the Arceus stuff last year, I feel a lot better about it now than I did two weeks ago. I lost a lot of sleep over that situation over the winter, and it feels good to start to put it behind me. Also, Ronald Acuna is still good. Okay, Jordan, back to you in the studio. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Braves seems like they are still going to be great as long as they can overcome the fact that their uniforms in particular are not looking the best. I didn't uh, need not- to go to Braves camp. I just could have <laughs> gone to Twins camp because their uniforms are identical. <laughs> Very similar. All right, let's run through my uh, my experience in Phoenix, Arizona. And of course, we begin at Camelback Ranch. And no, I did not go to White Sox camp. I apologize. I did see James Fegan, who thankfully is still covering the White Sox over at Sox Machine. I did talk to him for a while about the White Sox, but I did not talk to the White Sox. That's because on the other side of the complex, there was this team called the Dodgers and a Mm. certain designated hitter. I don't know what the big deal is. All this guy does is hit. He can't even... I mean, I'm not sure why everyone was freaking out, but Shohei Otani's on the Dodgers now. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a big deal. So can you... Yeah. Can you paint this picture for me? What's mm-hmm. the media presence there? Because right. like at Yankees camp, I would say there were 18 writers mm-hmm. and then maybe five TV-ish people. What are we right. talking about for Otani Fest? Yeah. I mean, double, triple. I mean, it's not that there's that many beat writers. I Honestly, I would say the biggest difference, especially when you talk about the Japanese media that's there, it's just so many cameras. Um, mm. That's maybe the, the best way to put it. It is just so many cameras that are there. And and there's no, you know, forget, you know, in, in the big league ballparks, there's no spring training complex that is really kind of equipped for that amount of people and that amount of equipment on a daily basis. But I was just fascinated kind of talking to some of the people around the team. Like, you know, Yamamoto was there too, having signed the biggest contract any pitcher's ever gotten. And, but the sentiment is, I was like, okay, like, is this amplified because Yamamoto was here too? And generally the sentiment is like, eh, a little, <laughs> like not really that much. Like I assume if he had signed with the Yankees, some portion of, of the contingent. And of course, some of these guys are, uh, some of the Japanese media is, is bouncing around to Cubs camp, right? They've got Imanaga and Suzuki and that that's a big deal too. But for the most part, man, like, it's it's all about Otani and and just seeing the amount of fans uh, on the backfields is is you know of course the backfields are open for a lot of teams but it really is something and 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 the simplest way to put it is just like you you look around and you remember they have Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Tyler Glass now who would be the biggest story the biggest acquisition at basically every other team besides the Yankees right to sign, to trade for Tyler Glass now and, and sign him to an extension and instead he just gets to kind of throw his live VPs and bullpens and. It's just not really that big of a deal. And 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 Glassnow's an awesome guy. I talked to him for a while. Like he's he's fine. He's fine not having more attention about it. But even he's feeling it. He's like, Yeah, you know, I used to every year I'd get a couple questions about the hair. Now I get fifty questions about the hair, you know, and, mm. <laughs> and Killian Murphy and whatnot. So he he's he's getting used to it, but he's obviously well equipped from her personality standpoint. But again, like they will be the story. And and that's fine, you know, for better or for worse. I understand that that people are going to get exhausted by it, but uh, the fact that Otani has generally delivered at every turn. Now, as for his schedule, as with the Angels, it does seem like he's very much making it up as he goes. But the you have to remember, as always, he's trying to do something that we haven't seen, right? Everything about his rehab, everything about him trying to prepare to be a hitter for opening day, while still, I guess, rehabbing a second elbow surgery to be a pitcher at some point, you know, next season. 
these are just not regular things. So who are we to say what his schedule should be and when he should hit and when he should play in games? Like, we have no idea. And unsurprisingly, that is not going to change whatsoever now that he is on the Dodgers. And that's going to be frustrating, of course, for the people covering it on a day-to-day basis. But for the most part, fans don't need to care about that. Uh, of course, we wish he would say more. But it, again, like he's going to talk when he talks and you're going to ask him the obvious questions. He's going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling fine. And as long as he's feeling fine, that's really all that matters. So you didn't get the opportunity to ask if he'd come on the pod? <laughs> I was right there. I was, honestly, it was funny because I was I was talking to Miguel Rojas like as Otani spoke in the clubhouse and, and everyone kind of descending in. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm going to keep talking to Miggy Rowe because <laughs> Miguel Rojas is a delight. And I'm not going to be like, excuse me, Miguel. I have to go jam my, my, my microphone over 17 other people to hear Ipe say three words that Otani feels fine. Like, no, I... I it's going to be okay. We're, we're all going to be okay. <laughs> all right. So, so Dodgers camp, Dodgers yeah. camp, total circus, but yep. a circus worth going oh, yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Where should we go next? Uh, let's just go to Mariners. Uh, I made a couple stops there. I would say the big thing with, with Seattle is, again, probably they were in the news uh, for a lot of the wrong reasons at the very beginning of the offseason because uh, of the comments that we had from Jerry Depoto. Uh, and of course, just the, some of the moves they made in terms of very clear cost cutting moves that were like, what direction are we going? here. This should be a team that's going forward. But by the time we came around, by the time they report to camp and Jorge Polanco's there and Mitch Hanniger's back, obviously everyone's excited about that. Um, some of the bullpen additions that they made, there's a lot of confidence. And I would just say the, the two big takeaways are keeping Bryce Miller and Brian Wu is a massive, massive, massive deal. Uh, just because like at, no matter what the additions they were making on offense, it's all about having one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. And everybody loves Bryce Miller. The, the fact that he's been able to fit in with like position players hang out with this guy all the time. And that is very rare, especially for someone, you know, in his mm. first year in the league. Everybody loves Bryce Miller. So keeping him was so important. And then Julio. I mean, I was there when Julio kind of did his inaugural spring training session and he's just, he is <laughs> he is i mean again it's not really like cliche but just like when you listen to him talk and you listen about his motivation and his drive not to mention what he's already accomplished you cannot possibly ask for anything more in the face of a franchise times a billion um and so i'm just i'm so excited to watch him this year uh for all the obvious reasons so didn't he yeah, call last year a sophomore slump and he finished yeah, he what, was like fourth he, in the yeah, mvp for, fourth, fourth in the MVP. mvp and he was like that was that was not good enough i was like all right well great that's great. That's how you become uh, one of the best players in the world. Uh, I went to Rangers camp. Did they? What, what's going on with them? Did Dude, they... they won the World Series. I I'm gonna say something inflammatory, and I'm really sorry in advance. Okay, they won the World Series, and no one cares. They won yeah, the World I... Series, and I can't remember the last time there was this little buzz about a team who were the defending champs. Yeah, I mean, I would I would slightly adjust it to just say, like, as soon as, like, Otani signed, right? Like, it, yeah. listen, the Rangers winning was a massive deal. And, like, Amazing. what they accomplished was that run was was uh, just an unbelievable World Series run. And, by the way, it was also a conclusion of a year where they, they you know, launched themselves out of a rebuild and are clearly still, like, a really, really, really good. good team. I, yeah. I want to be clear. They're very good. They're very interesting. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to watch them. What they've accomplished is great. The lack of buzz about what they're doing right now and where they're at is very odd considering that they just won a World Series. Now, that's probably because they did very little this winter. Yeah, and I would say the the one, and I'm going to lump them in with Arizona because I went to both of them very briefly. The only difference is that now you just have all the like, we won the National League or we won the American League or World Series in the Rangers case, like plastered all over every corner of their respective spring training complexes, which is, of course, how you should handle it. You should flex yeah. it everywhere you go. Um, but for the most part, it's not like they had like a, a mass of, of uh, more attention because they both, you know, are, are defending, you know, pennant winners like no. Again, everyone is over at the Dodgers. And I will say the one thing with the Rangers is I am still wondering who is going to pitch for them. <laughs> like, I know we might have Scherzer coming back, like DeGrom coming back. That's great. But I'm looking at that just pitching staff and I'm just like, what is what is going on here? So again, though, the lineup could be pretty freaking good. Wyatt Langford is no freaking joke. That's uh, the on guy. that same day, uh, I went over to Kansas City. Um, that was the day when a lot of the position players were not there. So I did not see Bobby Witt Jr., but I did see Vinny. And all I will say is that Vinny Pasquantino is so happy to be playing baseball again. And I am so excited once we get into the season and he's back and he's raking, as we know when Vinny is capable of, he will return to this podcast and he will be in a very, very uh, good mood. Uh, so quick, yeah. quick story Vinny. about Vinny. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So I had someone ask me 
like, who are some of the more engaging personalities around the game today? And I said, well, one that comes to mind is Vinny Pascotino. And this person said, who? And I said, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Vinny's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get, it's, it's, it, again, all the Royals moves, it's, Vinny's such an important part of them yeah, being yeah, yeah. competent this year to a six year, like no pressure, my friend, but seriously, if that, if they're going to score runs, he's going to have to be healthy and have like a one thirty uh, OPS plus a uh, few more quickly uh, before we get to uh, our last bits of news. And then we'll, we'll push everything else to Wednesday because Jake, we get to record again in, in a few days, which is, which is a delight. <laughs> It'd be funny if we came back and we're like, all right, see you again in a year. That would be mean. Uh, the Reds good year. My favorite thing about uh, Reds and Guardian Spring Training is you have the uh, airplane graveyard in the in the yeah. background, which is just a just a wonderful a bizarre when you're watching you know Jose Ramirez take ground balls yeah. and there's just like a decommissioned Spirit flight right beyond him. It's it's a very strange <laughs> sight lines, but I do love it. It always makes me laugh. Appropriate that the Reds are in good year after their 2023. Yeah, not as much for Cleveland, but I will say that the Cincinnati uh, vibes, of course, I'm still going to be around the Reds uh, uh, this season a, a good bit. The, it's just so different, right? Last year, coming off 100 losses. This year, I mean, the, the best way I could put it is they could have made no moves this winter and people would be feeling good. But mm. for them to go out and spend $100 million, some of the moves were a little strange. Um, some of them I like more than others. But that, again, very different than Kansas City coming off 100 losses. Coming off the year that they had with that much young talent, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic and very excited about Cincinnati. And I'm, I'm super excited to be around them uh, again this year. So uh, as for Cleveland, a little bit of a different situation. I will say what they're banking on is that Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie are, one, both still on the team, and two, healthy. And it was a good reminder that if those guys, like they barely had those guys last year at full, at full strength. And while I am super disappointed in how they treated their offseason, I wasn't especially surprised. And I do think that this pitching staff can be very, very, very special in a way that we are probably discounting. Yeah. Still very kind of meh about the offense and just the direction and some of the moves that they've made. But I do think that this pitching staff could could keep them in the mix in a very real way uh, this year because it, it is a reminder that like, oh yeah, no, these guys, especially with how good Bybee and Williams and Allen were, and that's with Bieber and Tristan McKenzie who were just like off to the side, that can be a really special group. Even if you and I have to hit seventh and eighth ahead of Miles <laughs> right. Straw. <laughs> right, exactly. I saw a headline today that was like, Miles Straw changes off-season routine, adds bulk, looking to add power. I'm like, great. So he'll hit three homers instead of zero. Oh, come on, dude. Uh, <laughs> Miles Straw Miles Straw is great. Okay? No, I know. I'm, I'm like, dude, just keep being Miles Straw. It's clearly, they clearly still believe that's good enough. I don't need you to start hitting home runs. Like, that's... <laughs> I, you don't try listen unless you're gonna hit 20 keep doing your thing it's fine you're like worth three d war on your own in center field so let him cook uh respect uh and then the last team i saw before i headed to the airport was the cubs now we just talked about the cubs uh they had not signed cody bellinger when i saw them um on thursday morning but uh but yeah i mean that's all anyone was talking about so <laughs> that's kind of put to bed now uh that he is indeed returning uh returning to the cubs so uh but it was good to see them good to good to talk to boog another guy boog shambi of course the cubs broadcaster i'm sure we'll have him back on the show at some point um but yeah so we we were pretty efficient man we we, we covered a lot it, of ground in our in our in our one week we saw 16 teams 16 <laughs> teams <laughs> between the two of us in just that's a week more than half and, of the baseball teams, yeah, and 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 Russ Dorsey, of course, uh, who just joined Yahoo Sports, he's now down in Arizona, so maybe he'll be be catching up on some of the teams that I missed. So we'll see. How about that? I love that, uh, Jordan Schusterman. One yes. more thing about spring training, mm -hmm. I don't like Florida <laughs> for a couple different reasons. However, mm -hmm. one thing about that state that is really frustrating to me is that they don't trust me to make a left turn on my own. Do you remember this from your time driving around Florida? Every left turn has a left turn signal. Oh. And you spend so much time driving around Florida waiting for that thing to turn green. And oh my God, I'm so excited to be back in a state that trusts me to make left <laughs> turns on my own. Now, a lot we didn't get to on this episode. We know. We blabbered. Well, we on. rambled. Hold on. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, we have so much else on our sheet. We like to keep our yeah. episodes under an hour. So let's make some executive decisions about how the rest of this episode is going to go. Okay. That's what I'm, I'm doing that right now. 
Okay, I didn't okay. even Let's, ask you for permission no, I for an executive I just, decision. I, I feel strongly about what else we should squeeze into this first episode, but what, what are you I, think? We're going to, uh, all the signings and extensions that we missed, Jorge Soler, Kershaw, Jose Altuve, Bobby Wood Jr., Mitch Keller. We're going to get to all of that on Wednesday. Great. Okay? Agreed. We know those Agreed. things happened. We're mm-hmm. aware. We read the news. Okay. We're well-read gents. We and, they're not gonna, and they're not going to unhappen in the next few yeah, days. That so we'll still unhappen. be able to talk about them on Wednesday. Great. So we're going to talk about three quick topics mm-hmm. and two quick topics, two quick topics. Okay. Adam Wainwright, mm-hmm. Carlos Gomez. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll talk about the national sign and A's fan fest on Wednesday. Jordan, okay. one of our beats is Adam Wainwright's music career. We did an entire <laughs> episode on baseball music. Okay. And yes. we were hyping up the Adam Wainwright album. However, there was a delay for good reason. I mean, Adam Wainwright is going to be performing. We we had a debate about whether he was ever going to perform in a larger venue than Bush Stadium, which he did at the end of last season. And we now have two dates on the on the Adam Wainwright tour that have been announced uh, for this upcoming season, I guess. <laughs> One of which is the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee, which is definitely not bigger than a baseball stadium, but not an insignificant venue. It's certainly more... Um, <laughs> what's the word I want? Uh, uh, I mean, notable, impre- famous, yeah, like as far impressive. As musicians go. It's yeah, like so the mecca of country music, right? Like yes. that's the so, place. So he'll be there on, on March 9th. So that's a big deal. But I want to focus more on the Confluence Music Festival, which Amazing. is taking place uh, as part of a NASCAR series. Um, in June. And we have a music poster, like a basically as any uh, concert uh, music festival goes, where you have the all of the per- people performing at this event. Again, June 1st and 2nd, the NASCAR Confluence Music Festival. And this image, this poster of this music festival is so incredible. It's okay? so good. Because... It's so good. From the top, again, we've, we talked about this with, with their CubsCon poster a few uh, months ago about like how, again, the biggest names are the biggest acts. Top of this, Adam Wainwright tweeted this out on February 7th, if you want to go uh, look up. Top of the poster, ludicrous. Funny that he's at NASCAR. Amazing. Makes sense because of Fast and Furious, though. Absolutely love that. I, I need to look up where exactly this is happening. But tell me who else is on this poster, Jake. Somebody named Riley Green. Now, I would imagine that Riley Green is some sort of country star. However, in our minds, Riley Green is an outfielder for the Detroit Tigers, who was once one of the top prospects of baseball. Uh, And so it is funny to see his name directly above Adam Wainwright, who is the third name on this sheet above Big and Rich. Okay, Big and Rich is a very famous successful accomplished country duo they did save a horse ride a cowboy okay <laughs> they did we are coming to yo city okay yes. they have spent their whole lives dedicating themselves to the pursuit of country music and they are getting upstaged by Adam <laughs> Wayne and the answer on the poster the, the answer to that is because this raceway is in St. Louis or at least near St. Louis uh, on the Illinois side uh, of the border. But that is the only explanation. There is no way in any other city or at least, uh, you know, metropolitan area would Adam oh. Wainwright be above some of these other performers. I'm honestly, I want to learn more about Riley Green, to be honest, because yeah. I can understand, like, you can't put Adam Wainwright ahead of Ludacris. But I would like to know more about who Riley Green is, no E at the end, to still be above Adam Wainwright. Yeah. Um, Dude, Adam Wainwright above Big and Rich is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So, <laughs> anyway, so super excited uh, for Adam Wainwright to continue his musical his musical gifts uh, and talents. Uh, all right, one more topic. Now, I know, listen, we're going to get to the Nationals, uh, you know, Microsoft not caring how fast you, you throw a ball for. We're going to get to all that on Wednesday. Um but we have one final topic, and that is Carlos Gomez. This is something that probably most people didn't see, but we have some uh, hilariously special connections, too. So Carlos Gomez, of course, the former big league outfielder, 
um, who retired as a brewer. Uh, it's I think last year, right? He's uh, um, I actually saw him in the Cubs clubhouse last week. He works for the MLBPA now, so he's kind of doing the rounds around spring training camps um, in in Arizona. So he's he's around. Did you talk to him? I did not. I did not. I, 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 I wish I did. And not because of what we're about to talk about, but because of something I guess we can talk about after what you're about to talk about. Um, but anyway, Carlos Gomez is one of our favorites, of course, for a lot of reasons. But you would like to do some clarifying. You did some some uh, intrepid reporting, I understand. So this is a tweet from Todd Rosiak, who is the Brewers beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Carlos Gomez is currently training for the Paris Olympics in cycling. No joke. If he wins the qualifying race in May, it sounds like he will have the chance to represent the Dominican Republic in the 500 meters in the velodrome. But the way he ran the base is no surprise. Okay. Gomez. Okay. One more tweet. Gomez said he's eating 7,000 calories a day to get his weight up because of how much weight he loses with the intensity of his training. Okay. Now. So, yes. I, Jake Mintz. Yes. I'm a cycling nut. Okay. I watch pro cycling all the time. I love it. I it's the sport I know the second most about after baseball. Okay. I, I think. Um, that, that's that's the first piece of information. The second, second pi- piece mm-hmm. is that Carlos Gomez is our guy. Okay. Carlos yes. Gomez. Go ahead. And we do know <laughs> that Carlos Gomez is also big into cycling. We have been accurate. to Carlos Gomez's house. Yes. Not a humble brag. Just a brag, okay. Regular brag, no humble. Zero humility as not part a, of this whatsoever. Not an ounce, okay. We went to Carlos Gomez's house in the Dominican, and he has like a very expensive bike hung up on his wall. All right. Well, let me also now, clarify. Let me also clarify, because when we say Carlos Gomez, our guy, he wasn't our guy until he invited us over to our house. We were in the Dominican Republic in January of 2020. We saw Carlos Gomez. We wanted to do an interview with him because this is after he finished his playing career. And he was like, sure, come on over. We were not oh expecting this. We were not expecting this whatsoever. It was a very strange day, an amazing experience. Carlos is extremely nice. We had him over. This is not because we were like lifelong friends or no. pulled any, like it was just we were in the DR and we wanted to interview him and he said, come on over. But what is relevant about that is that I have Carlos Gomez's <laughs> phone number. And so when I saw the tweet well, his about WhatsApp. him <laughs> training <laughs> for his WhatsApp, which is a phone number, I saw him training for the Olympics. I said, I need to learn more. So I messaged Carlos Gomez and was like, this is amazing. Can I interview you about it? And he sent me back a voice note. And this is news. He says he is not training for the Olympics. That this tweet is the result of miscommunication. Because he was talking to the reporter about how he loves cycling. He's doing all the cycling. And the reporter said, oh, wow, that's crazy. And Gomez said, yeah, I'm training so much. It's like I'm training for the Olympics. But he said it. It's like I'm training for the Olympics. Not I'm training for the Olympics. Carlos Gomez basically like uh so no carlos gomez is not training for the olympics he does compete competitively down in the dominican in local races maybe one day he will do a bigger race but i can confirm that camera looking at the camera for those of you watching on youtube i can't believe i'm about to say this sentence carlos gomez told me today that he is not training for the olympics <laughs> you you heard from a source familiar with the situation a source close to <laughs> carlos gomez Carlos Gomez told me, Jake Mintz, on WhatsApp today that he's not going to the Olympics. I will say, though, like, I just want want to say, like, I saw this tweet first before I sent it to you. And if I thought about it for more than 30 seconds, I'd be like, that's insane. Because, again, training for the Olympics, you best be starting much longer ago than, than now. But the point is, is... I believed it because, again, he's really, really serious about cycling. Like, he's yes. not just going on joy he, rides. Like, this he dude. He sent me. Yeah. Okay. He sent me a bunch of his data today. <laughs> and he's putting out nutso watts. Like, he's <laughs> he's pushing pedals. So, it was, like, plausible. Like, when I saw that, I was like, that's amazing. I believe it. But I appreciate the clarification. Great reporting, Jake Pence. I'm so proud of you. Now. A, a funny thing, and I'm pretty sure this is true, is that the 500 meters is not an event in the Olympics. And so oh, that, was that in what itself, was in the, was that what was yeah. in the tweet? 
I believe that is true. Yeah. Well, 500, five, now I'm almost 500 meters biking is not very far. <laughs> no, it is not. It is a sprint. <laughs> so anyway, this has and been your and 500 uh, miles is definitely not a race <laughs> too far. That's that's a trip to the hospital is 500 miles in one day. Um, okay, so that has been uh, oh. the update on Carlos Gomez's cycling oh career. God. Um, unbelievable. Thank you all for listening <laughs> to Baseball Barbacast. We are absolutely jazzed to be back on the microphone yes. providing you hey. with all the baseball content you've come to endure. If you are like, I can't believe they didn't talk about Randall Gritchick, you know, or Phil Maton or Keenan Middleton, I'm sorry. We're not going to get to all these moves. There are plenty more that we are going to talk about on Wednesday. So consider this a, a, a commitment. Consider this to not just give it to all. Listen, it's fine. We got we got things to do. This this We have spring training happening. I'm sure there will be things happening in spring training games that we want to talk to about on Wednesday and Friday. We are so happy to be back. We hope you enjoyed listening. We hope you enjoyed watching. If you're happy that we're back, leave us a rating and review. Let us know Please. what, let us know, like, if you know, you could put in your review five stars and be like, shame on these guys for not talking about John Schreiber. That's fine. Mm. I'll take it. I'll take that. I'll take that, you know, that totally respectful respectful feedback um but we're excited to be podcasting again we're so excited to be at yahoo everything that you know of course we could all of our that we're going to writing for spring training you're going to be seeing all that all over one roof excited to have this on youtube let us know if you're watching on youtube i'm excited to check out the comments being like oh this is what these guys look like <laughs> oh this is what jake does during the podcast all of those answers let us know if you're watching on youtube we hope you people you uh Everyone appreciates it. Um, but yeah, we're excited to be back. You can email us at baseballbarbicast at gmail.com. Thank you to Brett Rader for making this possible. He is the, the czar of Yahoo podcast. That is definitely not his official title, but he is helping us uh, produce these first few episodes. And we are so grateful to Brett for making those happen. Um, but again, we're excited to be back. Thank you all for listening. And uh, I, guess we'll, I guess we'll talk to you on Wednesday because that's when we record another podcast. Stay loose, unlike those pants. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.